Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black Business Network is giving away free 90-day business directory listings. Did we say free? That's right, free. Get a 90-day business directory listing at chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com. Expand your outreach, meet new clients, visit Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com for details. Chicago's Black Business Network, changing the way that Chicago connects to the world. Sonia Cassandra, Purdue founder. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Welcome to Our Conversations Matter, our newest show segment on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. These shows are designed to give you, our listeners, a voice on this platform. Politics, current events, elections going on in your region. Tell us about it. Our calling number is 323-642-1655. That's 323-642-1655. Call in now. We want to remind you that from the very beginning that all of our broadcasts and our entire network has been dedicated to keeping the memory of Mayor Harold Washington on the minds and in the hearts of our people. How do you remember Harold Washington? First, because Chicago's Black Business Radio Network is a division of a business-based organization. We want to give a shout-out to some local business owners. Located in the Wild District at 2418 West North Avenue in Chicago, and Orange Moon is Chicagoland's Vintage Interior Furnishings and Design Center. Ty and Leah McDaniel have wowed Chicagoland for the past decade. Check out the art at www.orangemoon.com. Sign up for the state sale notices at anorangemoon.com. Also, absolutely anything essential is unique and the brainchild of writer, actress, and producer, Kenya Renee. Located at 3514 South King Drive, this charming incubator space provides unique products and services crafted and facilitated by about 30 artisans. It's where you'll find anything essential. Visit them at www.absolutelyanythingessential.com. That's absolutely anything essential.com. Tell them you heard it on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Hello, Chicago. Hello. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, executive producer for Chicago's Black Business Radio Network and your host for this segment. Our web-based broadcasts are designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and around the world. One of our segments is CBBN Business Journals, and that is where we share success stories about innovators, creators, business owners, authors, and organizers from around the world. We have almost 300 podcasts under that brand, and we've been blessed to share and communicate with people from around the world. And then there's the Tough Questions series based on my book, Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, which is available on Amazon.com. 
Now we've introduced this new show, Our Conversations Matter. I'm a workaholic. You know that. And that's what we do. Our conversations matter, and our conversations do matter. And they matter even more so now than ever before because those who sit at the table and make decisions about each and every phase of our lives have continued to prove to us that black lives do not matter. Our conversations matter. It's not a debate show. They are conversations. We want to hear from people who don't usually take part in or get an opportunity to express their opinions in an open forum like this. We're here to provide opportunity and open doors. Their positions and what they have to share is important to me, and I hope that you will find it beneficial as well. Usually this, these broadcasts um, will include experts from, from many different areas. There will be a host and two or three guests. So contact me if it's something that you're interested in doing. Just wanted to take a few minutes to give you an update on what's going on with us and uh, what we've been doing over here since 2009. Isn't that unbelievable? To sponsor a show or to be a guest on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, give us a call, 773-609-2226. Don't be shy about it, 773-609-2226, or visit us at Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. We are all extraordinary, and you know this, but we are not all experts or trained in particular fields of learning. Uh, Although on social media, everyone tries to sound like it. I know I'm guilty of that as well. So to bring more value to these conversations, we're going to invite experts from many fields to host monthly segments. One of our first show hosts is with us today, Dr. Davida Francois, community psychologist and practicing theorist. She contends no two communities are the same and therefore should not be measured as such. Dr. Francois, let me find my notes again. Dr. Francois has also developed a keen interest in identifying microaggressions masked within public policy and practice that impact marginalized communities. And she will surely dive into that subject matter on some of our upcoming shows. Microaggression says is a word that has been coming to the surface more and more and more. And I think part of the big thing with that big mouthful of stuff I just said is masked within public policy and practice. And we certainly want to be schooled a little bit more on that. And we certainly want to mention that she has created the Dr. DeVita Francois Black Girl Magic Conference Scholarship dedicated to inspiring, expanding, and sustaining research related to black women and girls, collective, and distinctive presence and experiences throughout the world. We invited her today so that we can get to know her and find out a little bit more what to expect from our upcoming shows. So let's welcome Dr. Davida Francois to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Hello, Davida. Good to have you with us. Good afternoon. Thanks a lot for having me. 
And uh, I'm just excited about being here. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad you're excited. That means you're going to bring a lot of energy into it. Uh, you're going to bring some freshness into so. it. I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> and uh, this half-hour segment is just really all about you. We want to learn who is Davida before we introduce Dr. Francois. So tell us, how did you become rooted in Chicago? Well, I, actually, I was born here in Chicago, born at Cook County Hospital. <laughs> and uh, But I was raised uh, from the age of uh, five years old until about 13. Those were my formative years on a small uh, small farm in Vandalia, Michigan, in the rural Vandalia, Michigan, um, which some people know as being part of the Underground Railroad. I was raised by uh, my grandparents there. Uh, Chicago was... Uh, the place that I would come to for vacation since my mother uh, still lived here in Chicago. But um, and but I've been living here in Chicago permanently as of 1973. And oh, okay. um, and I've I've never lived in any community where I did not take an, an active role in what was going on around me. So, here I am. <laughs> Were your grandparents activists? How did how did that come about? Interesting that you uh, asked that question. Yes, my grandmother in particular, um, she started the first Black History program at Chain Lake Baptist Church, which was a part of the Underground Railroad, um, and because she had six very black daughters, and um, and if she's going to help them to know who they are, why not? Uh, get involved from from the ground up. And so uh, that's, and I guess because I've seen it, uh, I didn't just hear about it and read about it, but I, I saw my grandmother, uh, you know, do whatever she could, not only to make her daughters aware of, you know, where they have come from, but those around her, around them. And this is a woman who grew up um, inflicted by by polio as a child. But I'd I'd see her, you know, religiously, relentlessly work on uh, ensuring that black history was, you know, at the core of our of our very being. And I am um, a byproduct of that. So, yes, that's, and in fact, I didn't even see it as activism. I just thought as uh, just being responsible, a responsible citizen. But you cannot be a responsible citizen until you have a a pretty good idea of where where your place is, and and I'm, when I say your place, that's not to say where someone else, but where you have decided to place yourself in society, and um, and that is what she did. Wonderful, and and that's very fortunate because then we have families on the opposite side of that, with no sense of self or involvement in the community whatsoever, and they don't grow up to a to become adults and be involved because that was not what they were exposed to. So there's a big segment that, and that's a big problem too, who have lived, who have lived and are still living that type of life. You listen to our conversations matter with our guest, community psychologist Dr. Davida Francois. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, your host for this segment. And if you'd like to sponsor a show, give us a call seven seven three six zero nine. 
Now, Dr. Francois, I see that you worked on legislation regarding grandparents raising grandchildren. Can you provide our audience with a brief status or update on these relationships? And I know the brief will be difficult for you because you've been very involved with this, but I was told a few weeks ago, as a matter of fact, that 50% of the children in the black community are raised by their grandparents. Is that true? Well, let me say this, first of all. It's not just grandparents, but grandparents and kinship caregivers. Uh, sometimes the, the, the child or children may not be uh, legally related to the person uh, or, the, or those who are raising them, but because that is the only that is the only, those are the only people that they they relate to as kin. We also include kinship caregivers, um, and and oftentimes they'll call that kinship caregiver grandma. Or you know, a lot of times we we have folks that are not really related to us, but we'll call them gramps or grandma, grandpa, whatever. So um, now fifty percent. I don't know if you know. I don't I don't know about those numbers. Today, when I was doing this work, this was long before I ever became a community psychologist, um, I just happened to meet a lot of people who were relatives raising grandchildren and, and or, or kinship caregivers. And at one point, even I was. Uh, and uh, some of the challenges that I ran into at that point, uh, I, I just knew there had to be something something else because I'm you know I'm pretty active myself. And I ask questions. What I don't understand, I ask questions. And when you're starting to question the system, um, you know you have to start. You have to start looking at what are the, some of the policies that impact these families because they certainly did impact me and my family. Um, and when I realized that the state of Illinois held three of the top. Six con- top six congressional districts in the entire nation that had the most children being raised by grandparents and kinship caregivers. That was alarming to me. It was alarming to me uh, that we had that many children uh, in relative or, or grandparents raising grandchildren care, and there had not been more done to assist these families. Um, I, that's when I started doing the research. I uh, worked with the Children's Defense Fund because they had an entire initiative on, on that issue. And, uh, and I'm trying to be as brief as I possibly can, but um, I worked with the Children's Defense Fund because they were working nationally on this effort. I would think that the state of Illinois, we would have, we would have been in the forefront on this issue. But something I realized back then is that if there was no money attached to uh, a problem or you know, or concern, there was little interest. And so typically the things that I've, that I've been involved in were things that I was passionate about. And, you know, and if, if some money showed up, fine. If it didn't, I, I still wanted to make the, make the case. And so that was something that I, that I did back in the early 2000s. I wish that there was a continual work on, on this issue. Um, and as a community psychologist now, that's, I mean, I, I would believe that there's, there's someone out there working on it. I had to, you know, put it to rest some, some time ago um, after I, you know, worked on legislation. I saw that it was passed. Um, it passed unanimously. 
uh, on issues related to grandparents raising grandchildren, uh, and it was called at that time when it was introduced the Kinship Initiative. Uh, but, you know, when these things are done, we as a community have to stay on top of it, and we have to ensure that it's not just sitting on the books somewhere, you know, that there's written so that it, you know, it continues. And, and you know, if, if we just kind of let it sit on the books, that is where it will stay. And, okay. you know, I'm, I'm hoping – you know, because predominantly these three these three congressional districts that I'm speaking of are predominantly black uh, districts, and and this it's not just it's not just here again to remind you it's it's just that here in Illinois we should we should be at the forefront of addressing this issue, and I don't think we are. Okay, and uh, sometimes we just have to pick our battles. We have we have. Our struggle is so huge, and we're not getting paychecks to to be in the uh, fight. Well, some people are, you know, but <laughs> we have to. They well, they, they are. They're getting funded, and they can they can take care of these problems. Uh, they're being paid to take care of them, and they don't government pay, payrolls to take care of them. But uh, we have so many struggles, and we don't have the watchdogs to be out there doing everything and then keep up with our regular life. So we, we do have to um, choose our battles. Now, well, I you know, want to – go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this, and I'm not suggesting everybody take on everything. I'm suggesting that we get involved with the thing that, that, is, that we're facing right then and right now. And and at least be a voice. There, there. When I was working on this uh, legislation, this was in the early 2000s, and I took some of the meetings downstate that they were having, and you know other places. And those, I would take people with me who were actually grandparents raising grandchildren or kinship caregivers, and I would take the people that I would that I had seen in our community that had the loudest voices. But what I Realize is when I took them into a different community that looked like them, they were they became quiet as a church mouse. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, that freaked me out because I I had never even considered that. <laughs> it, you know, I, I did I I'd never even considered that that you know some people if they're not accustomed to presenting their issue, you know, in the presence of other people that don't look like them, they don't know how or. They're just afraid to, for whatever reason, and 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 I, I can begin to speculate. There's a whole lot of reasons, but but we we need people who are not going to be afraid to to speak their truth, no matter who the audience is. Somebody will hear will hear you, and you know and there's a possibility that there's somebody in that room that. Has the has the wherewithal or the will to help move this this issue, but um, but we can't do all this yelling inside of our community that's already struggling with a multitude of issues, and then go silent when we get into a, a space where someone can actually make a difference. Everybody's not the same. I, I understand what you're saying, and everybody <laughs> doesn't have the same ability. That's why we do what we do. I learned that. 
they, yeah. you, you needed yeah. you needed to learn that because you thought something else was gonna magically appear. <laughs> there, 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 there is a fear. There is a fear, and and also, and let me ask you this: most people don't even. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't say most people. Yeah, I can say most that about black people. Most people don't even know they're struggling. They feel what well, they're living is a normal life. So grandparents who are struggling with what, everything they're struggling with, their children who are having problems and then they have this burden of these grandchildren, grandparents mm-hmm. have been raising grandchildren since we, you know, been here. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. even know that they're struggling and maybe that they should have certain assistance or even consider it. Do you think that's true? Um, yeah, there's, there's some truth to that. But I'm going to tell you this. It's not just black black families who are who are having this issue. In fact, I was a finalist for a fellowship in New Zealand. Uh, let me just tell you, when I when I was selected as a finalist, I was the only person of color, period, period, to do to do this fellowship in New Zealand, who was selected, and but I was also the only person without a JD or a PhD. So being selected said a lot because it was based solely on my my on-the-ground work with these families. And when I got there, I found out that they've had this problem even in New Zealand. One of of the highly highly decorated elected officials was going through it himself, and he wasn't black. (laughs) But so, so, yes, they, they don't, they don't know all the time, which is why I'm, I try to be careful about who I take into some of these rooms, you know, where decisions are being made on what happens with those families. So, you know, and but I, I still never imagine some of them, when they get into those rooms, they're quiet. And, and again, it goes back to my, uh, the, the effort that I, I put on putting things into policy. Put it in the policy, then everybody doesn't doesn't necess- doesn't necessarily have to have to uh, you know be at be at the table you know yelling or you know speaking their their issue. But once we can get enough folks in their case and have it go into policy, and their elected officials know that this is an issue for their constituency, then maybe maybe things will change. But but I'm not asking for anything fancy when I when I you know ask folks to be in the room. Let's make this case where people are making the decisions. Don't don't you don't have to look at dressing anything up. Just tell just speak your truth. Tell your story. Okay, great. Now, um these 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 half hours go fast and uh yes. and you're gonna find this out when you start hosting and you do have a lot <laughs> okay. to share and I'm very appreciative of you sharing it with us. So that we have an understanding uh, so that the community and the people who listen in our audience will have an understanding. Uh, you are currently a community psychologist and practicing theorist. Can you break that down for us? Sure. Well, a community psychologist uh, basically is, is when, when we when we do our academic research and everything, we don't just do it for to add to the body of literature that's oftentimes already out there. We we began with with an expectation that by the time we complete our research, we also offer solutions, not necessarily uh, you know uh, 
it's not necessarily to suggest that there be additional snow. We have to come up with a, with a solution for whatever it is that, that we're studying um, as, as a community psychologist. So we're, we, I guess we're social justice oriented. And then um, going to being a practicing theorist. I've always called myself a, a practicing theorist long before I became a community psychologist because I used to teach entrepreneurship to young people. I went to a, um, a, a uh, international conference in Arizona one one year, and I'm on the on the uh, the bus going to the hotel with a lot of other you know businessmen and and university professors to this conference on on uh, entrepreneurship, and I'm talking to these people and they're asking me what it is that I do and I do and I told them what it is that I that I was doing at that point they um they they start looking at each other saying she really does this stuff, so at, at that point it dawned on me. Just because people are, you know, are giving us this information from from an academic standpoint doesn't mean that they have any real world experience in it, nor do they, nor do they have any practice. So I call myself the practicing theorist because what I what I glean my information from is things that I have experienced, and uh, and now as a community psychologist, and I've gone back, I I can actually put some data to it. So. That that is Wonderful. a practicing theorist, and just just having lived in these communities and worked in different communities uh, and experienced different communities, I sit in rooms and I listen to all this this information being spewed out to the audience, and when I when uh, and I and I watch the the looks on people's faces, and I realize that people are sitting there going, where did they get these numbers from? I live here. Where did that happen? How did that happen? You know, and and I realize that. People are listening to, and some are even buying into what's being what's being put out there according to research. But you and I both know you can make research say anything. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Dr. Francois, tell us what can we expect? You got you're going to host a new show coming up in April on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network as part of our conversations. Matter series, our, the our conversations matter series. Uh, you've worked in numerous industries. You've done a lot of things. Uh, give us examples of the type of topics or what these conversations will be about. Uh, as an example, uh, I'll have uh, subject matter experts in the area of, of uh, housing policy. You know, I'm listening to, to what people are saying during this uh, mayoral election that's coming up Tuesday. And, um, you know, there hasn't been enough, from what I'm hearing, there hasn't been enough details on what's going to happen with uh, affordable housing. So I'll have, you know, subject matter experts on the issues of, of housing. Uh, I'll have experts on, subject matter experts on the issues of arts and uh, the role that they play in, in our communities and uh, and where we need to put a little bit more emphasis on making sure arts are brought back into our communities. Um, and, you know, as I always say, we'll just keep keep it at Moxie 100, you know, um, and and just making sure that it's, that it's where, you know, the layman can understand, you know, uh, because we, we all need the information. And sometimes when we have to sift through, you know, different languages and everything, it, you know, it's, it, become, it becomes uninteresting. But it, 
impacts our lives, our everyday lives, and, and we need to be in tune. So I'll be bringing folks in like like that that can uh, speak directly to those issues. I'll be talk, I'll be bringing in black entrepreneurs that have had legacy businesses, you know, family businesses passed down to them, you know, um, and and the importance of of that, you know, those of us who have created businesses have had them for years, you know, don't walk away from the family business. You know, be position yourself. Position yourself. So when auntie or uncle or grandpa says, you know, I'm I'm looking for, you know, my, you know, someone to to take over the business, they should be looking right within their own family. So absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dr. Francois, we certainly want to thank you for being a guest today. Our guest today has been community psychologist Davida Francois. And she will be back in April with her own segment on Our Conversations Matter. Look for it. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, your show host and executive producer for Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. To sponsor a show or to be a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call at 773-609-2226, 773-609-2226. And we will be posting information on how you can contact Dr. Francois, and how you can participate in uh, some of the things that she's offering in the community. All our shows are dedicated to keeping the memory of Mayor Hale Washington on the minds and in the hearts of our people. How do you remember Hale Washington? Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy your day, and look for our upcoming shows. Our conversations matter. We appreciate you taking your time. Dr. Francois, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. We're changing the way Chicago communicates with the world. CBBN Business Journals, weekdays at 11 a.m. CST.